All right. Take your Bible, if you would, please, and join me in the book of Galatians, chapter number 2, if you would, please. Please let me give you just a little introduction, and if we don't get through the little introduction, we'll get out of a lot of introduction next week, all right? Let me give you some dates. I think it just, just to give you some dates to think about, and you will see that the church at Galatia about when it was started, how long Paul had been in the ministry and so forth so forth and so on. Think of this if you would please. The first church in Jerusalem was started approximately 30 AD, 30 to 31 AD. You'll find that in Luke 6 and John chapter 1. The church was empowered about 33 AD in Acts chapter number 2 where most folks say the church was started, and that was the day of Pentecost. And only because that's what most of the books you buy today says, that the church was started at Pentecost. But if that's true, why did the church already have officers and the commission and the ordinances In the Gospels. Isn't that interesting? Folks say the church was started at Pentecost. They're really saying that Jesus came to start something that he wasn't able to do and had to be done after he went back on Pentecost. So the church is about three years old when the Holy Spirit came and empowered it. Now think of this. Galatians was written about 60 A.D. And it was started about 45 A.D. That means the Christian era, as we know it today, when the church of Galatia was started, was only 15 years old. Almost half of the history of our church. The book of Acts is a transition book. Transitioning from Judaism, the law, works, to grace, faith, and the gospel. Would you say that in 15 years there'd still be some hangers-on to law, rules, ceremonies, Sabbaths, and circumcisions, and so forth and so on? Now, the Apostle Paul was saved about 35 A.D., Okay, about 35 A.D. 
three years in the desert of Arabia, receiving the gospel and being taught the Bible by Jesus. And he preaches for 14 years after he comes out of the will, after he comes out of, out of Arabia. And everywhere he goes, somebody follows him with credentials from the church at Jerusalem that is under 15 years old. Now, you need to get your mind in, in, in sync to what's going on. And after 14 years of legalizers and Judaizing missionaries from up at the church at Jerusalem, Paul has had them guys hounding him, going into churches after he started them, and telling them that Paul is all wet. He has no apostleship, no authority. He has no credentials from the church at Jerusalem, Mother Church, if you please. And they go in behind him for 14 years, undermining him, telling the people that he's won to Christ, baptized, that the gospel that he's preaching is not, be careful now, a full gospel. Do you hear any of that today? Full gospel. Hey, preacher, are you a full gospel preacher? I'm stumped. I don't know if I am or not. It's not what I'm full of. It's what they're full of. It's a problem. And all along the Mediterranean seacoast and all the churches that Paul has started, when he gets a group together and he, and he gets them baptized and begins to ground them, and he leaves the pastor there, in comes these missionaries from Jerusalem saying, you've got to be circumcised to be saved. And he's fought that now. For 14 years. And Paul I think has said. I have had it. Up to here. Paul the good guy. Is about to take a vacation. Up to. Jerusalem. Verse 1. Chapter 2. And the Bible says. Then 14 years after I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me also. And I went up by revelation and communicated unto them that gospel which I preached among the Gentiles. Paul preached salvation by grace 14 years before they ever met at Jerusalem. And he got that message from Jesus by revelation. And the Bible said, 
But privately to them which were of reputation, lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. But neither Titus, which was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. And that because of false brethren unawares brought in, who came in privately to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage, to whom we gave place by subjection, no, not for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. But of these who seemed to be somewhat, whatsoever they were, (laughs) maketh no matter to me, God accepteth no man's person. You like that? I probably, they all had their own private parking place out front. Pastor Peter, Pastor James, and uh, Paul said, one more curl in a pig's tail didn't make any more pork. No matter what kind of degrees they had, it didn't make no difference to Paul. The Bible said it made no matter to me. God accepted no man's person for they who seemed to be somewhat in conference added nothing to me. But contrary wise, when they saw that the gospel of the circumcision of the uncircumcision was committed unto me. As the gospel of the circumcision was unto Peter. For he that wrought effectually in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision. The same was mighty in me toward the Gentiles. And when James and Cephas and John. Who seemed to be pillars. Perceived the grace that was given unto me. They gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship. That we should go unto the heathen and they unto the circumcision. Only they would that we should remember the poor. The same which I also was forward to do. Let me please help you a little bit tonight. I think repetition someone has said is the art of learning. If we don't kind of look back we might forget where we were. Two problems over at the church in Galatia, or the churches in Galatia. Number one, the first problem was, is they have come in and said Paul was not really an apostle. Secondly, they said that you got to be circumcised to be saved. And by the way, the Jews, Orthodox Jews, were taught by commandment that every male child should be circumcised at a certain age and it was an identification with God Jehovah. That spoke of them being one of God's. It was a uniform, if you please. Just like baptism is a uniform for a Christian. It does not have anything to do with saving you. It just has something to do with what you're saying. Has nothing to do with saving you now. 
And I can see somewhat why that the Orthodox Jew felt that circumcision was so important. Along with the Sabbath worship. Along with the rituals that they'd been practicing now for hundreds and hundreds of years. Under the Mosaic law. This was the Mosaic covenant. The Mosaic system. And what happens many times, we add to what God has given us. And the Jew has added to the Mosaic system, and now it has become the religion of the Jews. More tradition than Bible. We Baptists are the same way. We get caught up in some of that stuff. But now let me show you something, if you would please. Let me just remind you that Paul is writing to the church, fickle, ungrounded. You can't ground a church in the short time that it's been in existence. I told you the short time that it's been in existence. How can you ground a group of people if you're not there without this? See, Paul didn't pass out Bibles when he was there. There wasn't any. He wins them to Christ. He baptizes them. And then he teaches them what God has given them. They do not have the advantage of having a Bible in their hand. And an iPad to take home with them. And a cell phone to listen to preachers. Can you imagine how hard it would be to disciple and to ground people in the, in the word of God. And Paul's there for a short time. He leaves. He sends an associate and puts them over the church. They have no word. All they have is just what Paul has given them. And so he writes to them a letter. To us, it's not a letter. It's part of God's word. But to them, it is a letter. One letter. To be circulated among all the churches in Galatia, which could have been as many as six or seven churches. Question, how long would it take to wear one letter out? Then they got portions of a letter. And then they wear portions out. Then all they have is what's here. How long has you been how long have you been saved? How grounded are you? And you have his book and television and telephone, iPhone, B phone, C phone, A phone. Think with me just a minute. How easy it would be. For somebody to come riding into the church on their white horse from Jerusalem. They've got letters from Peter and from James and from John saying, these guys are all right. These guys are straight as an arrow. And they come in in Paul's absence and show the letters And teaches them anything they want to. And those gullible, fickle, ungrounded Christians 
jump on board. I, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But now watch, watch what Paul does in chapter 1 and verse 1. He vindicates his letter and he says, look, Paul, just, just in case you wonder who's writing this letter, let me straighten it out real quick. Paul, an apostle, whether you believe it or not, whether the legalizers said it or not, whether the missionaries from Jerusalem believe it or not, whether Peter James and John, believe it or not, I am Paul, an apostle. Not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. You like that? Paul said, you can just bust up if you want to. My name is Paul. I'm an apostle. Not by man. Not for man. But by Jesus Christ. <laughs> I like that, don't you? He said, and all the brethren which are with me. And the churches at Galatia. Paul said, I didn't do it by myself. I got a lot of help. Now notice what he says, grace. See, they have a problem. Because the missionaries are saying, you're saved by grace and baptism. Grace and circumcision. Grace and works. Paul said, grace be unto you. Now notice. And peace. Let me tell you something. If there's one iota of you dying and going to hell, you do not have peace. If you and I have a religion of do, and we got to do to get it or do to earn it, there is no peace. There's only peace when grace is the way of salvation. If you had to do something to get it, then you can do something to lose it. And thank God it's grace. You did nothing to earn it. You can do nothing to lose it. So Paul says, grace be unto you. And peace, notice where it's from. From God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice this, who gave himself for our sins. Now, do you believe that? Which one of your sins did he die for? Did he die for the ones yesterday? Did he die for the ones today? Did he die for the ones tomorrow? That's grace. Have you ever thought about this? When Jesus died, all of your sins were in the future. He died, gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God 
and our Father. Why did he do that? To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Really, why did God send his son to die at Calvary? To save you or to get glory for saving you? Unto him be what? Glory. You know why he died on Calvary? That he might get glory. You know why you're going to heaven? That he might get glory. You know why you're moving into a mansion? Because when you move in it, you can't do anything but give him glory. Because you didn't build it. You didn't send enough money ahead to buy it. You can't pay rent on it. And when you move in it, it'll be because of him. And he'll get glory. Whatever you do in word or do, do all what? For the glory of God. Everything that's here is for his glory. The heavens declare his glory. His creation declares his glory. His plan of salvation speaks of his glory. His resurrection from the dead announces wide and cloud his glory. And when scum like us walk through the gates of pearl, it'll be because of his glory. Can anybody say amen? amen. Yeah. Now notice this is, this is something. This next verse tells us about the book of Galatians. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you unto the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Now that's the reason he's writing the book. Because these fickle, immature Christians has jumped on board with this false doctrine and false teaching from Jerusalem. He said, which is another, it's not another, but there is some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of God. Now, let's get back to that full gospel again. Now, you you could almost throw a rock to people in our community right here tonight. That is, if you can throw a rock 500 yards, you could land it on quote unquote full gospel believing people. Now, what they mean is by the full gospel is that you believe in speaking in tongues, spitting bubbles, doing didos, and turning flips for Jesus' sake. And if you don't believe in speaking in tongues, you're not a full gospel believer. Because they incorporate speaking in tongues, baptism of the Holy Ghost, 
slain in the spirit and other emotional taboos with the gospel. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 tells us what the gospel is. It's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's the good news of Jesus Christ. And I just love for those guys to come up and ask me, am I a full gospel preacher? And I just love when they do that, when nobody is around. Because if anybody's around, I just say, no, I'm probably not. But now, notice if you would, we skip over now. And it says in verse 8, and though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Now, that's not nice to curse people. I've been cursed and recursed and decursed several times. But Paul reiterates that in verse 9. He said, if anybody preaches anything other than what I preach, what Paul preached, here's what he preached. For by grace are you saved through faith. Now listen, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. God knew our nature. If we could do one thing to get to heaven, when we got there, we'd brag about it. We'd put a shingle out and say, this is what I've done to get here. Well, I'm sorry, if you put a shingle out, God will come right in behind you and tear it down. Because you or I did nothing to get to heaven. It's by grace through faith. Now listen. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom also we have access into this grace wherein we stand and glory in the Lord. By faith, I have access into God's grace. Not by works, not by deeds, not by degrees. I have access into God's grace by what? Faith. These guys come along and said, there's no way that you could go to heaven without you are circumcised. Keep the Sabbath, keep the rituals and the ceremonies. And Paul said, I've had it. Verse 2. He says to the folks at Jerusalem, let's have a set down, getting together, straighten this thing out once and for all. Because I'm tired of your hounds hounding me. He says, now in 14 years after, I went up again to Jerusalem. Now notice, 
He took Barnabas. That's the guy that left Antioch with him. And I took Titus with me also. Now notice, with me also. There was a reason for taking Titus. Titus is a Greek. Titus is saved. Titus is not circumcised. Barnabas is a Jew, saved and circumcised. Takes Titus and so, and I went up by revelation. Didn't go up my own way. I I went because God told me to. It's always better if you're going to get in a fight to go when God tells you to go. Bad to go get in a fight if God ain't with you. And if God's with you, that's what Paul said, meant when he said, fight the good fight of faith. <laughs> a good fight's the ones you win. Let's go on. And he communicated unto them that uh, the gospel which I preached among the Gentiles. Paul preached the gospel of grace 14 years before the folks at Jerusalem knew anything about it. You're welcome. You'll have to study that, I'm sure. Paul's gospel. Got it from God. Taking it to Jerusalem. 14 years. And going to sit down and talk to the big dogs at the big yard. The first Baptist church of Jerusalem. Say, how do you know it was a Baptist church? You better hope it was. Because if it wasn't, you're in the wrong place tonight. Because he only started one. You're welcome. And he said, I went and I communicated to the folks at Jerusalem. Now notice, but privately to them which were of reputation. Pastors at the first church at Jerusalem. Lest by any means I should run, I've run in vain. And after he talked to the folks at Jerusalem, Peter, James, and John, they decided that Titus did not need to be circumcised, verse 3, but neither Titus, who was with us, with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. After they interviewed Titus and saw the spirit in which Titus was, they concluded he didn't need to be circumcised. He's saved. The gospel worked. Ain't that something? And that because of the false brethren, because the false brethren unawares brought in, who came in privately to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus. And they might bring us into bondage. Paul said to Peter and James and John, Do you want me to quit eating catfish? Paul said to Peter, James, and John, 
You mean to tell me that the only thing on a cow I can eat is in front of the shoulders? That determines whether I'm a Christian or not. You want me to quit preaching liberty and go back under the bondage of Judaism? You want me to jump back in the tub with Moses? You want to bring me back into bondage? That's what he said. You do believe, you, you do believe that? How would you like to go back under the independent fundamentalism of the 50s? Culottes. Now, you girls look pretty in them culottes. You sure would. Especially, what they made them out of? You remember? What? Jim, you know about culottes? Polyester. Girls, you'd look beautiful in culottes. Do you know, there's some folk listening to me right now. They wears culottes. That's okay with me. I'm not going to wear any of them. And I'm not telling you ladies you have to wear them. I guess probably, let's go back to Deuteronomy chapter 22 and let's, let's get that women, don't you wear anything pertaining to a man. I mean, but they'll, 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 they'll separate fellowship with you for that. There are men who will not have fellowship with me because I will not preach to you women that it's a sin to wear pants. That's exactly right. Bondage. Bondage. Bunch of rules. You're a better Christian if you wear the right kind of shoes, wingtips. You're a better Christian if you've got white walls above your ears. Don't let your hair touch your ears. You are a liberal if that's true. I see some guys tonight, if we could grow hair, we'd let it go to our bootstraps. That would make us unscriptural. Keep your bondage. If the sun makes you free, you shall be free indeed. All things are lawful, but all things are not expedient. And I will not be in bondage to those things. But Paul said to these guys, he said, look, you're trying to get me back into bondage. And uh, you need to just be careful with that thing. Now notice, if you would please, in verse number two. And in verse number five, in whom we gave place by subjection. No, not for an hour. Why? That the truth of the gospel might continue with you. I did not go to Jerusalem to compromise, Paul said. I preach grace. I preach the gospel of grace to you. I did not go to Jerusalem to, to uh, compromise and say, well, it'll work there, but it won't work here. Paul said, bless God, it'll work everywhere. Amen. The gospel of grace and faith will work everywhere. Verse number six, but of these which seem to be somewhat, whatsoever they were, it made no matter to me, God except no man's person. Brother Eubanks, I want you to know something, buddy. 
you are just as important to God as anybody who's ever been saved. No big dogs and little dogs in God's kennel. No big sinners and little sinners in God's kennel. We just all sinners saved by grace. Blessed and empowered by God with what he wanted us to have. Not what old Dr. Fudunk, Dr. Doubt wanted us to have. Aren't you glad of that? Paul walked in to Peter and John and James. Mind you. Those three fellows and Paul wrote 20 books of the New Testament. Just the guys in that meet wrote 20 books of the New Testament. And Paul sat down with them and was not intimidated by one of them. He said, they didn't add one thing to me. I wasn't trying to polish their political poles. I wasn't trying to climb their ecclesiastical ladders. I didn't care whether they give me a doctor's degree, a nurse's degree, or any degree. Ain't that nice? I said, isn't that nice? Boy, I wish a lot of young preachers would realize that climbing political ladders Just don't get it. Brother Bates told me that when he left his church, he left it with six hundred and sixty some thousand dollars in the bank. The guys whittled it down to sixty thousand by now with nothing to show. You'd be surprised what preachers do to try to buy a name. To buy a position in a fellowship or a clique. It's worse than the Democratic Party. I would compare the Republican Party to it, but there ain't none in the Republican Party smart enough or brave enough to even try to get a position. You're welcome. And I don't care whether you like that or not either. Nothing added to Paul. Notice now, uh, I just need to help you a little bit. And the the, the Bible said, verse 8, For he that wrought effectually in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision. Now when it says to the circumcision, it means to the Jew, to the Jew, to the Jewish people. Peter was an apostle to the Jewish people. The same was mighty in me toward the Gentiles. Verse 9. And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given to me, they gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship, that we should go unto the heathen and they unto the circumcision. Now, three things was accomplished here. And I'll close. Number one, three affirmations were made. Verse number seven, they affirmed that there's one gospel preached to both Jew and Gentile. Not two gospels. One gospel. 
one gospel, the Jew and Gentile. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, he said, for it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believeth, to the Jew first, also to the Greek. Remember that? One gospel. Not one for the Jew, not one for the Gentile. One gospel. Number two, they affirm two apostolic callings. Peter was called to the Jews. You got that? And Paul to the Gentiles. I want you to get this and I'll close. Three pillars. Verse 9. I think it is okay. And when James, Cephas, and John, that's James, Peter, and John, who seem to be pillars, probably from time to time or some time another. I've referred to you probably as a pillar, a pillar at Joshua Baptist Church. A pillar speaks of stability. A pillar holds it together. Something else about a pillar. A pillar, the invisible, is what holds the visible together. It's not what you see that holds building up. It's not the clothes you wear. It's what you don't see that secures the building. It's not all the white paint and all the decorative things on the pillar that stabilizes the building. It's that part that's hidden deep in the heart of the earth and rests upon the solid bedrock. To be a pillar got to be more to you than just coming to church. To be a pillar to hold this church together got to be more to you than just your giving record. There's got to be a relationship with Jesus Christ. There's got to be a devotion, a commitment far beyond anything that the surface shows. But now, a pillar can be wrong. You do know that, don't you? You say, well, I don't know about that. Look at verse 13. Or look at verse 11. But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because... He was to be blamed. For before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. And the other Jews dissembled themselves with him, insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with this dissimulation. But when I saw that, 
They walk not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel. I said unto Peter before them all, If thou being a Jew livest after the manner of the Gentiles, and not as the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live like Jews? Now, you know why he was a pillar? When Paul rebuked him before the whole church, he didn't pout, get mad, and leave. He got right. Because if he'd have got mad and pouted and left, we'd have had the first Zionist church of the Gentiles. Hello? You know how you can tell pillars? Humble? Godly? And willing to give God the glory. And not pout and run off with her little tail between her legs like whip puppies looking for another spoon or bottle to suck on someplace. Peter accepted it humbly because he knew it was wrong. Pillars can be wrong. Preachers can be wrong. Everybody can be wrong. What should be right is how we handle our wrong. Amen. Well, this is good, isn't it? We might finish it one of these days if we really hurry. 